Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hello everyone, Poker and Politics here. Uh, today I'm going to be talking about how Democrats are the real racists. And also just the kind of malaise, the funk we've all had kind of over the... RNC happening and just having to deal with the media being all like, oh, look at Trump, he's doing it, turning it around, the rally, Trump, Trump, Trump. And it's, it's, it's very frustrating. I, I understand how people can be really agitated and worried about it. Uh, and finally, of course, questions. I have a bunch of people that have subscribed to my Patreon recently. I thank you all very much. I've been uh, derelict in requesting shout-out names. I apologize for that. I will uh, remedy all of this for the uh, big shout-out-a-thon, which I will do on my next podcast to uh, thank everyone who has donated at $5 or more levels. And even the $2 people, I'll give them a shout-out as well, if I haven't done so previously. Uh, much appreciated again, everyone who's helping me out here. My life has been wild as of late. Uh, it's crazy. It's just really crazy what's been going on. And I hope more of this craziness can be shown to all of you good people in the, foreseeable, in the near future. So, uh, anyhow, the real racists. South America, that nation, that shining city on a hill, all those good things about this uh, country of ours has a little problem. There's the original sin of slavery, as people call it. And the thing is, is that slavery was baked into this cake before we had political parties. So the whole idea that the Democrats were behind this all is bullshit. Because we drafted the Constitution with the three-fifths compromise in the Electoral College when we didn't even have a concept of political parties being a part of American politics. It was regional in nature, and there was a great amount of concern that the South would not have enough clout to influence elections to decide who the president would be. And so they needed to be placated so that they would accept the Constitution. 
so instead of having a popular vote for the presidency, we had the Electoral College. And then instead of just having the Electoral College based on actual population, we had the three-fifths compromise so that southern, southern states would get the benefit of their slaves being added to their population count so that they could get more electoral power in the Electoral College. It is why Jefferson won the election of 1800 against uh, John Adams. And what's really funny about all of this is that the Electoral College only worked for about 80 years until the election of 1860 when Abraham Lincoln won the presidency without any southern state votes uh, or electoral votes being cast for him and the South being totally split up amongst three different Democratic uh, candidates. So, the Electoral College was a band-aid on the South's lack of population, and it could not actually fix that problem, and it ended up leading to the Civil War. Sadly, after the Civil War was completed, no one thought to uh, rejigger the Electoral College and fix it or abolish it. And thus, this anachronism that has allowed uh, two different uh, Republicans to win the presidency while losing the popular vote remains in effect to this very day. And everyone's living in dread that it will happen again where Trump will lose the popular vote but still win the Electoral College. So, you had the Electoral College and you had slavery being tolerated by pretty much everybody because the whole problem with slavery was no one knew exactly how to get rid of it. And there was a lot of hope that it would just sort of go away on its own. It was the coronavirus of colonial America, as it were. And it might have. But if you remember your high school history, that fucking prick, Eli Whitney, came around with a cotton gin and boom! The South now needed lots of slaves for cotton. And then that all happened... And we basically had a one-party system in America for a period of time. The Federalists existed, and then John Adams lost the presidency and was uh, effectively removed from power. And uh, Alexander Hamilton, who was his cohort, even though they were rivals in the Federalist Party, he was murdered by Aaron Burr, and that was pretty much the end of the Federalist Party as a presidential force. And then uh, came... Then came the Whigs, who eventually uh, formed as a alternative to the Democrat-Republicans, who were the um, only party in town for the longest period of time. So after the... Whigs came about. We then had the Democrats fighting the Whigs. The Republican part of the Democrat-Republican Party fell off. And then the Whigs shattered over slavery, and we then had the Republican Party, which, of course, elected Abraham Lincoln as its first Republican president. And that led to the Civil War, because the Democratic South was horrified that an anti-slavery party 
was about to take power in the White House and potentially begin to work about curbing slavery and removing it from America. So we have this bloody, terrible war. It ends. The um, South is defeated. Slavery is abolished. Uh, blacks are given uh, all kinds of rights through the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments. And now we have the South trying to find a way to claw back those rights, to take those rights back away from uh, black citizens in the U.S. And this leads up to the rise of the KKK and other paramilitary terrorist organizations that are firmly entrenched in racism. This all is kind of... uh, tolerated under Andrew Johnson after Lincoln is assassinated because Johnson is a Democrat who was part of Lincoln's ticket and Lincoln did not run as a Republican in his re-election. He ran under the National Union banner. It was a quasi-party that didn't really exist and after Johnson's term of office the National Union Party was basically abolished. Then Ulysses S. Grant got in, and he did his level best to actually enforce Reconstruction and give black people rights. He put his back into it and did some work. Unfortunately, then came Rutherford B. Hayes, and then came uh, the corrupt election, where basically the Republicans and the Democrats had a fight over the Electoral College and which electors were going to be allowed to cast votes from various southern states that had been readmitted to the Union, but their state congresses were not uh, totally copacetic with what people wanted. So we had a giant argument. And in the end, the South said, look, we will let Hayes hold the presidency in exchange uh, we will let we will have Tilden drop out and give up his claim on the presidency in exchange. You have to end Reconstruction. And the Republicans were like, "Sure," and thus the Republican Party sold out blacks, and they allowed the Democratic South to begin the process of initiating Jim Crow and uh, making black citizens second class citizens. And we then had this basically be the way it was with various and sundry degrees of racism and scumbaggery entering the White House. Woodrow Wilson was a notorious racist. And we get all the way through this to World War uh, II. And after the war is over, Harry Truman desegregates the military by executive order. He felt he owed it to the uh, black soldiers that had fought so nobly in the war that uh, he was not going to allow the military to remain segregated anymore. And this was the first like real big civil rights move since the, 19, the 1860s, since the freeing of the slaves. This was the first step that either party had really taken with any uh, like, importance. And so now the issue of civil rights becomes more uh, important. And then Eisenhower gets in and again uh, 
the de- Republicans soft pedal civil rights. They don't really uh, fight that hard for it. Then John F. Kennedy gets into office, and Kennedy is also not particularly aggressive on civil rights until the summer of 1963. And then with the civil rights movement heating up and all kinds of protests going on and Martin Luther King being in jail and all of this stuff happening, all of this uh, pressure and uh, political protests and Kennedy is supposed to be a dynamic young liberal who cares about these things and is uh, someone who um, had made claims that he was going to make civil rights a part of his administration and his agenda. And Nixon did the same thing against Kennedy in 1960. Both parties were kind of jockeying for position as being the party of civil rights. So finally, uh, in June of 1963, Kennedy gives a speech about how he is going to propose and uh, push for a bill to go through Congress to uh, break Jim Crow, as it were, to uh, allow uh, forced public accommodations to not be segregated. If you go to a hotel and you want a room, you get a room. If you go to a restaurant and you want to eat, you get to eat. That public business accommodations cannot, you cannot discriminate based on race or any other like category. You can't deny a Muslim the right to have um, a meal at your joint. So this was the first step. And it was Kennedy who did it. It was Kennedy who uh, proposed the bill and sent it to Congress where it got gummed up because institutional racism is something that racists use to maintain their racist power. And the Democrats had worked their ways, the Southern Democrats had worked to make sure that they were in charge of the committees that would allow for uh, these bills to happen so they could kill the bills in committee and prevent them from ever making it out to the full floor for a vote. And Kennedy can't get the bill through Congress. And then in November of 1963, he is assassinated. And Lyndon Johnson is now the president. And Lyndon Johnson declares in his first address to the nation and to the joint session of Congress that the passage of Kennedy's civil rights bill would be the most eloquent memorial and tribute to the fallen president that we could have as a nation. And... So Johnson picks up the torch of the civil rights movement that Kennedy had initiated. And this is something that QAnon really hates because Kennedy's a good guy. And Johnson is obviously a bad guy who practically blew Kennedy's head off himself. So the fact that Johnson took this signature piece of legislation that was Kennedy's and rammed it through Congress and got it passed and signed it into law. They can't square that circle. They can't explain that because it ruins their narrative. And it also uh, 
hurts the whole idea that the Democrats are the real racists. Because they couldn't have done this. And this leads to uh, one of many beautiful talking points that these shitheads like to use, which is that more Republicans voted for the Civil Rights Act than Democrats, which is technically correct, which, as anyone who's uh, followed Futurama would know, is the best kind of correct. But it is also incredibly misleading because the... um, Wow, that was awesome. Good job, me. Enjoy enjoy AJ Styles yelling, I'll kick you in the mouth. But um, what happened was the South voted against this bill and the North voted for it. And the South was Democrat at the time. But if you were a Republican in the South, you voted against this bill just as much as the Democrats, if not more. The Democrat South, only one... Uh, Senator voted in favor of it, Ralph Yarborough, and he was immediately attacked for uh, betraying the great state of Texas in the South for his vote. And he um, was run against by George H.W. Bush, Pappy Bush, and Pappy Bush lost his race against uh, Yarborough, but as a Republican, Bush was running on the you hate, you voted for civil rights, you hate Texas, you hate. Uh, what we stand for in our rich traditions of uh, vicious racism in the South. And if you look at the 1864, 1964 uh, presidential electoral college map, it is the South and Arizona exclusively for Goldwater, who was opposed to the civil rights movement uh, on quote-unquote constitutional grounds, but still, you had the Republicans nominate someone who was against the Civil Rights Act, and Dem- the Democrats nominated the man who passed the Civil Rights Act and signed it into law. And shockingly, the South voted for the Republican. And this is always the second question that QAnon will never answer, that the right wing will never answer, that Dinesh D'Souza will never answer. And that is that the narrative they always make, the narrative that they are always telling us is that the Democrats have tricked blacks into voting for the Democratic Party, that it is a lie, that the Democrats are truly, actually uh, monsters and racists who are terrible human beings and actually hate black people and only use them for their votes and exploit them and victimize them. And that is their excuse. That is their claim. And it is a... uh, beautiful twofer for racists because they get to claim that the Democrats are bad guys and they also get to claim that blacks are too stupid to see that the Democrats are the bad guys, which allows them to embolden their racism. But the second question is how did Republicans trick racist white Southerners into voting Republican? Because the Republicans are not actually racist, mind you. They are the good people. They're the party of Lincoln. They're the party of civil rights. Yet the racist white southerner who is obviously what I'm saying he is because the uh, QAnon and the right have said this for forever that the Democrats are the real racists Democrats are bad people and who were the Democrats? Well they were the southern white man who was a racist who was voting Democrat in order to hurt blacks period but somehow the Republican Party has accidentally tricked the racist white Southerner into voting for them. 
Golly gee, ain't that a shocker? Ain't that weird? Isn't that a little surprising that that's what happened? That southern white people who, according to QAnon, were racists up until the moment they started voting Republican, started voting Republican. Strange. Odd, that. One might think that maybe blacks and racist whites are not being tricked and they're actually voting in their own self-interest and that the Democrats actually do care and try to push the rock forward on civil rights and that Republicans are racist shitbags and that's why racist shitbag southern whites vote for them. And I'm not saying that only southern white people are racist. That's not true. Racism is universal, but... This is a concerted, concentrated area of America that had Jim Crow, that had slavery, that had uh, even more institutionalized racism than the rest of America. The South was basically just hell on earth for black people, and it required an incredible amount of work in order to uh, break Jim Crow and to get us even to where we are now, which is obviously not good enough. Um, another thing that I was uh, just remembered off the top of my head was that Jackie Kennedy was interviewed about like life and everything, and she lamented that her husband had been killed by a quote-unquote silly little communist, and that if he had to be assassinated, if her husband had to meet a violent end, she had wished that it had been as a result of civil rights, that her husband as a civil rights martyr would have been more meaningful and more impactful and would have given gravitas to his death more than just some psychopath moron uh, communist being the one who pulled the trigger. And that is and was his legacy that Johnson uh, got across the finish line and got that bill passed. And I've like seen Joe M. say things about like how... like. Uh, LBJ passed a like sham bill through Congress that was so much weaker than what Kennedy wanted. The only thing you can really complain about in that bill was that it uh, did not have voting rights in it. And that is a false uh, thing to complain about because Johnson passed the Voting Rights Act in 1965 after uh, he won re-election. And he had a more uh, stable footing under him to uh, be able to campaign upon that and be like, hey, look, I just won my own election in a landslide. I've got political capital. I'm going to spend it on the Voting Rights Act in order to ensure that black people have the right to vote. And then the Supreme Court struck that down recently and the Democrats have been trying to repass it in a way that would pass muster according to the Supreme Court. And guess what? Republicans are blocking it. But Democrats are the real racists because reasons. This is their bullshit narrative. This is what they always like to talk about. This is what they always like to say because they're projecting their racism and their hatred of other people onto the Democrats as a way to try to excuse it and to justify it. It's going to be really fun in 50 years when uh, people are looking back on the gay rights movement and how gay civil rights were uh, a struggle and the, and the Republicans will not have a leg to stand on at all that uh, Obama will be the one that uh, desegregated the military based on sexual orientation. 
that uh, Republicans were the ones trying to pass state constitutional amendments to outlaw gay marriage across the board, that uh, Democrats were the ones that accepted and cheered the Supreme Court's ruling that gay marriage was a constitutional right. This is uh, undeniable. And so the fact that Republicans are bigots and they have no... uh, they don't have a fig leaf. They don't even have a talking point where, like, more Republicans voted for it than the Democrats or whatever. This was the civil rights have been polarized in America, and Democrats are for them, and Republicans are against them. That's why we have anti-transgender bathroom bills. That's why we have all this bullshit going on. That's why all of these things are the way they are. And to say otherwise is to be willfully ignorant, or to be obje- or to just be trolling and just being a piece of shit. So that's the Democrats, quote-unquote, the real racists. The other thing I wanted to talk about was this election funk that we're all in. I just, I see so many people who I think are smarter than all of this just tweeting out, oh man, Trump's going to steal it, oh man, Trump's going to win this thing, oh man, we're fucked, oh man, we're doomed, oh man, we're fucked, oh man, we're doomed. Politics is a participation sport. You can get off the sidelines and chip in money. You can volunteer for text lists. You can quit your job and travel to Florida. You can do anything you want to do to fight to have Donald Trump lose. And he is losing by any metric, by any reality. He is losing badly in this election. And I know we all have PTSD from 2016. I get that. I understand that. I acknowledge it. But there's no logical reason to think that he's winning or that he will win or that he has a master plan of any kind. He's flailing. He's desperate. He's trying to steal the election any way he can, and he doesn't know how to steal it, but he's trying to steal it because that's what he knows he has to do to win. Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. He's trying to get Kanye West on the ballot because he thinks that will steal votes from Biden. And he's failing at that. He can't even get him on the ballot. Uh, His attacks on the Postal Service have only angered people who are now not getting their medications on time and their bills are showing up late, so they're having to pay late fees. And it's on him. He's getting blamed for this. And people are hearing about it, so if you're worried that the mail is not going to carry your vote properly, you'll vote in person. And then today it just came out that the NBA and the, and the NBA's Players Association are now going to work hand-in-hand with local officials across America 
to turn basketball arenas into giant polling locations so you can go to the arena to cast your vote for president. The cabal winning again. So let's review what happened here. The cabal releases COVID to poison the world and then uh, make for vote by mail the standard that we're going to conduct this election by. Trump and the Patriots try to counter this by destroying the Postal Service, thus making rural Americans and other people who need or on the Postal Service uh, angry because they don't have access to their medication and their bills in a timely fashion. The cabal, now seeing that their mail-in voting scheme won't work out, activates their Black Lives Matter protesters and the National Basketball Association to create giant super polling places for in-person voting, allowing uh, millions of Soros-funded deep state agitators to uh, rush these arenas and cast illegal votes on behalf of Joe Biden. We win again. The deep state is crushing it. We are 20 steps ahead of this moron Donald Trump and the weak and ineffective Q. We got this. We got this. On November 4th, the adrenochrome will flow like wine. We will be just slaughtering babies like you read about. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be the best... uh, satanic celebration you've ever ever seen in your life it's going to be just non-stop tributes to Moloch all day every day it'll be a new satanic national holiday uh, November 4th uh, Patriot Annihilation Day uh, we will uh, celebrate the rise of our dark lord in the form of uh, Joe Biden becoming president elect of the United States it will be great uh, I highly recommend it you're all going to enjoy going to be wonderful so don't stress things are looking good we're in good shape here the debates are going to be awesome Donald Trump almost fell down today I again as a as a former recovering 9-11 truther I still do love my conspiracy theories I am a Trump dementia Twitter follower I follow Tom J Chicago all the time I live for every slurred word and uh, leg drag of our esteemed God Emperor. Uh, I'm all in on that stuff, so I'm here. I'm here for it. I believe in it. I'm uh, willfully deluding myself of these things, and I'm just going to think happy thoughts until November 3rd, then we're going to see what happens. And yes, November 3rd will be terrifying. The week leading up to it will be terrifying. But if you're terrified... Be active. Be engaged. Get in there. Fight the good fight. Throw some punches. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's carry Biden and Harris across the finish line. Let's get this W. Uh, so it's question time. Uh, <laughs> and a lot of these questions are just uh, people giving me the razzle-dazzle about... Uh, the, did you know the Democrats are the party of the KKK? <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> I read the secret textbooks, the textbooks that only Dinesh D'Souza can find. No one else knows the shocking truth. Uh, Troy Francis asks, Why is no one disappointed that after four years of Trump, the storm still hasn't arrived? 
And the answer is because they are LARPing. They are playing along because it's fun. And they are not about to ruin their fun by demanding results. Because results would ruin everything. Um, uh, next question is from Chairman Walkman, the guy who uh, sidetracked us with Cyberpunk 2077 commentary last time. And he says... I was wondering if there are any differences in your opinion and experience between being a croupier and other service industry jobs. If so, what is, what is better or worse? Um, a croupier is a kind of a fancy term for dealer. Uh, I find that being a being a dealer is interesting because you are not being. You're, I mean, some people will actually judge you for the work you do, the actual like mechanics of dealing, calling a good game, maintaining order, uh, making sure that things work the way they're supposed to be working. But they really mostly just judge you on if they win or they lose. You can be an incredibly fine mechanical dealer who's. Uh, laying out all the hands of blackjack perfectly correctly, dealing out the poker perfectly correctly, calling the board perfectly correctly. But if you're if you're putting out a bad card on the river constantly over and over and over again and costing them money, they're just going to hate you because you're a bad luck dealer, you're a jerk. Whereas at McDonald's, if you do everything mechanically correctly and get the order back to the kitchen and they do everything mechanically correctly, then they get the burger to the person that wants it, the person's just pretty much happy because they got what they wanted. Whereas I don't have control over giving you what you want, you are screwed. You are left to the vagaries of fate by uh, the cruel nature of chance. So it's very funny. It's very funny that you uh, are working a job where your income is based off chance. Because if I'm spinning roulette and everyone's losing, I'm not getting tips. I'm not making any money. Whereas if I smash people, I get tips. So that's really strange. It's a very strange way to live your life where you have to uh, you have to have probability work in the favor of the customer in order for the customer to reward you for your uh, service. And you can be totally incompetent at your job, but if the ball falls in the right hole, boom, cash money, baby. And you can be just flawlessly handling that roulette wheel and paying out all the bets properly. But if you are just killing people, no money for you, buddy. No money for you. Um... Uh, so Sai Guy says, how not be the depression? Fix the sad. Um, just trust in the polls. Trust in the logic. Trust in what's going on in our world. Uh, live a good life, really, as it were. Just uh, try to strengthen bonds. Try to have family. Try to have friends. Try to just decompress. Take walks. Just breathe a lot. Just fight the existential dread. It's always there, but it doesn't have to be consuming. And I know that I, I deal with it too, but it's just... You know, it's just nicer to not be upset all the time. It's nice to just not be miserable all the time. It's really funny. As, as I've gotten older, I've gotten more optimistic and cheerful. And I've had friends go the exact opposite way. And I don't know why that is. I don't Because I was an incredibly cynical person most of my life. So, I don't know. I feel better. I feel good. I feel less cynical. So, I, I don't know how... I don't know what I can do to help, actually help on this issue, but I can just say that 
for me, I'm I'm contented at the moment, and I and I hope that things will get better. And I just look at the tolerance and understanding and acceptance of youth and how young how the next generation of young people are going to be just so gung ho for LGBTQ rights, for all people's rights. They're going to be more liberal, more tolerant, more diverse, less religious. Just all, the, the future's bright. And, and progress is always made one funeral at a time. As we, as we purge America of the old racist rich, I mean, there will always be racists. There will always be bigots. There will always be problems. But each generation is better than the previous. We improve. We get better. So... When I'm in my 60s, I will look upon America, and I'll probably be happy if we're not a fascist dictatorship. And if we are a fascist dictatorship, well, that fascist dictatorship will probably fall sooner rather than later, because I just don't think Americans would tolerate it for very long. And I don't think that the world would tolerate America being in a state of disorder and chaos, because that would hurt capitalism, and that would make white Jesus sad. So, yeah. The Grand Inquisitor, A.I.S. Millard, asks, as we head into election season with Q candidates on the ballot and a public more aware of QAnon, what needs to be happening as a country? I think that it really would help if we just had more uh, like attack ads based on QAnon. I have DM'd the Lincoln Project, and I have DM'd Rick Wilson, who once, one time, a long time ago, actually did reply to one of my DMs. It was very quick. And he was just like, shoot, tell me your story. And I told him, I think Jim Watkins is Q. And he was like, wow, really, Jim Watkins? And I was like, yes. And that was the end of our conversation. But uh, I think we need more, just more, more mainstream press, more coverage, more everything, more spotlight on QAnon, more of these grifters being called into account for what they believe in, more of these candidates being called to account for what they believe in. Make them deal with it. Make them own this terrible thing. Push them on it. Push, push, push. Pressure, pressure, pressure. And uh, hopefully uh, it will lead to good results. Uh, also, seeing as if you've made the poker politics TikTok, what are your thoughts on the conspiracy Q scene there? I have not been engaging on TikTok that much. I, uh, I did a couple of videos and I've just been swamped by work. And then the whole uh, Trump thing happened and then I just had my phone explode. I just, I'm just dealing with so much. It's, it's really crazy. It's like, it, 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 I don't have enough hours in the day to do all the things that I'm doing right now. Uh, I just, I just try to cram it in. I just try to cram in my 40 hour work week and then I try to cram in uh, all the stuff that's going on with uh, just people from all kinds of uh, media just being like, hey, you, you're a guy that knows QAnon. Tell me what the fuck is going on here. And I'm like, pack a lunch. Let's do this, because and 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 it's just been it's just been insane. It's just been absolutely insane. Um. So yeah, um, I wish I could engage more on TikTok, but I can barely I can barely do what I'm doing right now. Uh, I can't add any more plates to my uh, list of things that I'm spinning right now. So um, TikTok sucks on the because it has a lot of QAnon in it, but. That's that's the, that's the breaks. Uh, Nark uh, asked me about the 1964 Fair ha- Fair Housing Act, and then um, he 
answered his own question, as it were, because I was confused by uh, 68 being a Civil Rights Act. And then I looked it up on Wikipedia, and it was the Fair Housing Act or Civil Rights Act. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But yeah, it's the same thing. North and West vote uh, for it, and South votes again it, and that was that. Um, oh, A.S.A. Mallard also asked, off-topic, favorite chess variant? Uh, there's this laser chess game that's really fun. Uh, I think it's called like, Ka or something like that. It's It was fun. I played it a little bit, but it felt weird because it was very chessy, but there wasn't like a book on it. So uh, it's like, I kind of like games that have like standardized moves. I kind of like to know what the book is and then how to get out of book and then so on and so forth. Uh, Bug House is a lot of fun. If you've never played Bug House, Bug House can be played either in uh, a 2v2 matchup or a uh, 3v3 matchup. And the way Bug House works is um, you, one player on your team plays white, the other player on your team plays black, and on the 3v3 matchup, the two wings play opposite color to the main, main game, which plays uh, the other color. So... Um, and what happens is, is whenever I capture a piece on my board, I give it to my partner and it is left in a material pile for them to uh, then put into play as a move. So instead of moving one of the pieces they already have on the board, they grab one of the captured pieces I have given them and they uh, put it into play. And by the same token, if they capture a piece, they can send it to me. And in the uh, 3v3 battles, if you're a wing, you can yell for help and the main guy can give it to you or he can ignore you. You can be like, hey, main player, I need a knight. And then he can uh, capture a knight from the, uh, his opponent and then give you that knight. Now, Bughouse is also played under uh, total uh, lawless, wild west, no rules bullshit. Uh, when, you, uh, when you score a check in Bughouse, you do not have to verbally declare check. And if your opponent does not see the check and does not stop the check, on your next turn you can capture their king with your piece. And if you do that, you win the match for your team. So, um, that happens. Blindside checks leading to uh, game-ending uh, king captures, which is not a mechanic in real chess, um, are part of the game. Um, I remember very uh, vividly I uh, was playing a game of Bug House and our main board and you play Bug House under blitz conditions you always play it five minutes or less because you aren't trying to play a frantic crazy wacky psychotic game and our main board the um, opponent's main board player had a checkmate on one basically the next move was going to be a mate so our player refused to move because if he moved, he would lose the game for us. So And he had like two minutes left on his clock. So basically the whole idea here was over the course of the next two minutes, if one of the wing players on our side didn't win the game, uh, he would uh, have his clock run out and we would lose. So once that had been established that that was what was going to happen, uh, he and his opponent gave up on their game. They started watching my game. So while the two of them were watching my game, my main board player gently slid one of his pawns forward one square 
and then very subtly clicked the plunger on his chest clock so the clock was now activated on the opponent's side and it was his clock that was running out and we me and me and the other wing we kept fighting and then lo and behold the other side's main player had his clock run out of time and we won the game on time because he never saw that our player made the move and clicked the plunger so he claw- he timed out instead of our guy timing out and so that was that was hilarious and that is the kind of cutthroat vicious mean-spirited um bug house chess that's played when you play bug house and uh finally uh skeptical penguin asks are you secretly seth rogan employing method acting techniques to research a lead role in a movie about poker politics and conspiracy are we finally going to get a big film with good poker scenes uh no and probably not although if there ever was a movie with poker involved in it uh like 50 bucks and a per diem and a a coupon to go to Red Lobster. I will make your poker scenes pop. I will fix them. I will take care of those poker scenes. Uh, I truly cannot believe how bad Molly's game was about the poker. Because surface level bad poker is just part of Hollywood. But bad poker where you don't even tell the story right about what you're trying to do is really, really enraging. It just goes to show how unbelievably ignorant they are about how poker works. And I read some articles and I saw some YouTube videos about like why the poker was the way it was in Molly's game. And like it basically was, oh, we heard about this crazy bad beat and we had to show it on the, the movie. Write your own shit. Don't tell another story that doesn't fit your narrative. God damn it. So yeah. Um, my poker movie, not that anyone wanted to know about it, but in case anyone did, and if John Turturro and Kickstarter are listening, um, my movie is uh, Joey Kanish, uh, A Grinder's Tale. And the movie is basically just Joey Kanish um, in a poker tournament. And he got into the tournament as a lark, one of his daughters was pregnant and about to have his grandchild and she just wanted something by which to uh, show her children what grandpa did uh, for a living and that him like hanging out at underground clubs like KGBs and going to casinos and just grinding out the rent money that wasn't going to really like uh show uh, the grandchild Joey in the best possible light so she's like look I want you to play a tournament I want you to like go out there and uh, do this and maybe the daughter has has made a success of herself maybe she's got a good career and a good job and she buys Kanish in she buys Joey in because he was like ah tournaments are bullshit ah, it's fucking way too high variance ah, I'm just throwing $10,000 into a fireplace and she's like, no, I, I bought you in. I bought you in for this tournament. You're playing it. You're, you're, here's your plane ticket. You head out there. Head out to Vegas and go kick some ass. And he's like, well, if I'm getting a free seat and you, this really means a lot to you that you're willing to do this, then fine, I'll fucking do it. So Joey goes in and we just we just play some poker. We just actually have real hands with real reads and real action. 
and you tell a story and you make the final table a bunch of pros and you my villain my villain who I makes me laugh every time I think about this my villain is uh, Margot Martindale uh, the lady who played uh, Mags Bennett on Justified she is the Teddy KGB of this movie and we call her Granny Granny Dream Crusher and she and she just plays up the whole innocent old lady thing but she's actually a stone cold killer at the table she's just absolutely vicious and you uh, you get Phil Hellmuth and Daniel Granu and Phil Ivy or whatever you you buy them all a ham sandwich and you give them a credit in the movie and you get you get them on the final table or or you just cast some grinders you just cast some people that look good in a headset and shades and a hoodie and one of the things I think you would honestly should do as a uh, director of a movie like this is just actually film them playing poker for like like three or four hours just literally just play poker we're gonna film it and if we catch any crazy hands we're just gonna run with it and organic poker is the greatest way to tell the story and if you can't do that then you can rig it rig the shit out of it but rig the shit out of it in a way that tells the story correctly and the final battle is between Joey Kanish and, and Granny Green Crusher and we I think my mindset is is that the story the whole way through is that Kanish is too conservative. Uh, he's been getting away with it because he's been kind of a card rack. He's been catching big hands. And you can even have it happen where um, he wins a couple like really big coolers at the final table. Where And like uh, you have like Phil Helmuth being like, well, anyone can win when they get hit with a deck. Like just, you just like kind of give Joey the razzle dazzle. You kind of let him know that he hasn't earned the W. And then in the final hand, the final battle against Granny, Granny Dream Crusher, she puts him to the test. She moves all in, and she missed her draws. She's bluffing. She has nothing. But Joey only has, like, uh, ace high or king high. And the whole story has been that he will not call in that spot. He just won't make the read. It's, he's just too conservative. He's too timid. And then he just looks at her, and he says, You know what? I'm either going to, my, my grandson's either going to think I'm an idiot or I'm a genius, and I think he's going to think I'm a genius. I'm going to call you. And he calls her, and he snaps over that ace high, and it's good, and he wins the million dollars, and boom. And that's it. That That's that's the poker movie. So uh, if anyone can get a hold of John Turturro, and if anyone can find out if he actually has the intellectual property rights to the Joey Kanish character or whoever has that those intellectual property rights, uh, get in touch with me. I will bang out a script uh, right after the election. We'll have it ready for uh, probably, I don't know, the fall of next year because mm, poker movie really isn't a summer blockbuster. It's kind of a winter, fall kind of thing. And maybe I can really like just go crazy with it. Try to try to get Totoro a, uh, an Oscar nomination. Um, the way they tried to get Sandler a nomination for Uncut Gems. I mean, we I can do we can do this. We can we can make this work. I can do this. So uh, yeah, just get those wheels rolling. Let's get that movie percolating. And so, um, and finally, skeptical penguin says, and a, uh, and slight more on topic thoughts on the alt right and the role they've played in QAnon becoming mainstream. I know that Poso was a, a Pizzagate proponent, uh, but what about others like No Cernovich, etc.? Seems like most uh, most use it when convenient and distance when it's liability to their own agendas. 
Um, I think being able to throw it out there that Democrats are baby satanic pedophiles uh, doesn't hurt. It helps the helps the brand, as it were. Doesn't no one's really uh, going to be against calling these people these things? So why not throw it out there? And then when people actually call you on it, you just say, "Well, I've heard these things. Oh, I read it on the internet. I'm not sure how true it is, but." Can you really, I mean, you do the whole thing where you, it, it's the Hillary Clinton corruption test where you're just like, look, I don't know if it's true, but would you put it past her? That, that, that's always the way you sell it at the end. You always make it clear that, like, it's probably not true about these things, but is it not not true? I mean, they are monsters. They might eat babies for all I know. You want to kind of hit that sweet sweet spot right between like outright stating it and just asking questions. You want to be a little more firm than uh, JAQ, as it were, but not so firm that you're the one outright saying it. And if you can do that, boom, Patreon money, boom. I mean, it's 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 a good life. It's a good life if you can get it. So uh, that is ye old pody cased uh, for this uh, Friday slash uh, Saturday, as it were. I will try to be back on Sunday slash Monday or Monday slash Tuesday with another pod. Uh, Stay safe. uh, Register to vote. Register your friends to vote. Bring friends to vote. Vote, 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 vote. Fuck Trump. The end. Have a good night. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.